months before we began recording. Joe not only forgot to put his headphones on, he didn't the, plug in the microphone. Yeah, I didn't put the <laughs> mixer into the computer. He said it was going to be excited. He was so excited. So we had eight minutes of talk. <laughs> That, what do we do now? Duplicate? You it? missed the dinner table talk. Yeah, do, I'm sorry, you guys. You missed eight minutes of the. Do dinner we table. duplicate it? I don't know. It's it's, a... uh, it's my H E B thoughts. My thoughts on the local grocery chain H E B. I thought we were talking about my awesome karaoke idea. Okay, here we go. Ready? Take two. <laughs> Moments before we began recording, you and I had a conversation. You were looking at your phone, uh-huh. and you said, "Oh, it's Thursday night. They're doing karaoke at such and such local restaurant downtown." And he looked up at me and went. You want to go do karaoke tonight? As we're about to record a podcast, <laughs> but if we weren't doing that, you would want to go to karaoke? You said not tonight. Not tonight, but I would love to go see karaoke. I would love to go play. I want to go do things. And it's not that I just want to go do things. I want to sing. I want to dance. I want to play. I want to go outside. I want to like talk to cool people about contemplative things. I want to study philosophy. I want to read books. I want to like be happy again. That's the truth. I want to be happy again. Well, this has been a theme, not the happy again part, but the I need to go out and do things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd love to go karaoke with you. Mm-hmm. I like to perform, as we all know, but karaoke is one. I'm not, I don't feel solid with my voice. Yeah, you don't sing karaoke <clears throat> and you don't uh, do dance either. I would dance. Mm. I don't, I'm not a good dancer. Mm. I, well, then maybe that's why we don't. Maybe I'll go do dancing by myself. Why would I? Why would I want to do that? I don't know because I need to dance with somebody that wants to dance. I want to dance with somebody. <laughs> Me too. I want to feel the heat with somebody. <laughs> oh, somebody like you. The whole song has been written. I've been watching Lady Chatterley's Lover. Oh yeah. And I read that book when I was like way too young to read that book. Yes. I just brought that up because Lady Chatterley wanted to feel some heat with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to feel the heat with somebody. I thought you said you wanted to feel the heat with somebody. (laughs) You read that too young. I read a lot of things when I was young about like that kind of stuff. Reading for me as a young only child Uh was like a full-time job. Yeah. I loved to read. And I took that through college, probably grad school, but somewhere along the way in my adulthood. Yeah. I quit reading for all practical purposes, and I miss it. And I did not make New Year's resolutions this year, but in 2023, I'll be reading a lot more. There's been a lot of talk about people reading. I think people are sick of social media and sick of... Screens. I'm going to use my friend's term. I told her, I was like, careful with that. You're going to start a trend. And now I've decided I think I might help her start a trend with a new word she came up with. She said, because he's over there face-f***ing his phone all the time. (laughs) Wow. And I was like, oh my God, that's it. We're so tired of face f***ing our phone that we want to feel the heat with somebody. I, you know what? You're absolutely not right. Like, I'm absolutely in, not right? You're absolutely right. In the ether, you're absolutely not right. I know. Like, <laughs> that's my new term. <laughs> you, you know what? You are absolutely, and they think they know where I'm going with it, but not, not right. right. <laughs> and then they cry. <laughs> I can feel it in the air. Mm-hmm. And I think one of your frustrations is that you probably said this six months ago, and now here I am catching up to what you said, but there are clear fundamental shifts toward wellness. I, I can see it happening. I sure hope so, because I'm giving up. <laughs> we did Whole30. Uh-huh. Couldn't drink for 30 days. Mm-hmm. My high school friend group chat, mm-hmm. 
they're all doing sober January. Good for them. I'm doing moist January because I'm decided that I'm going to... What? I was just about to say, I hate that word because Lily always says that. I hate that word. Moist. Moist. I'm going to drink on Monday nights. And when I say drink, I'm going to have a beer, one half of two beers mm-hmm. when I record beer in a movie. That's my treat. We're drinking the best beers that we can possibly drink from all over the world. Mm-hmm. That's a treat. It's special. So that's my justification. That's all that it is. Mm-hmm. But is. I'm moistly... Yeah. Dry. Moistly dry. Mm-hmm. I think that people probably thought I wasn't much of a reader. Because um, I often hear that like, oh, like I don't see you reading much. or People don't talk to me about reading or whatever. But I think the difference between my reading style and like your reading style and like say my grandmother's reading style. Because you've heard my mom talk about my grandmother just read and read and Voracious. read and read and read. I don't read that kind of book. I don't read a book that I can just crash through and then get another one and then you, crash through and get another one. You don't read beach books. No. And I used to, and I have picked up some of them. Clearly, if I've read Lady Chatterley's Lover, then I did read some of that kind of stuff. I've read all of Anne Rice's books. Yeah. I've read all of the Flowers in the Attic books. Yeah. I mean, I, I've read Summer Sisters is one of my favorite like beach reads. You know, like I've read plenty of beach reads. Don't We've get me wrong. We've talked about on the show in the past that you are also drawn to help me with it, religious fiction and yes. fairy tale fiction, yes. like Wicked. I always, I'm always drawn to the villain story because I have issues with the way narratives are created and the way villains are perceived. Um, I like to look at villains from a different perspective. It's interesting because I sent you a podcast from Charles Eisenstein where he literally, that's the topic. He's mm-hmm. specifically speaking about man and men and, and what is the masculine about, but he drives home the point of villains and how we pick villains and what if we could look at villains from other types of perspectives. And so I'm drawn to that type of story and art and literature and stuff like that. I'm always drawn to stories where it's like the anti, you know, hero. Yeah. I'm going to amend what I said earlier. The feeling in the air of a moving toward wellness, it's more about having the freedom to explore other options than what I used to do. Mm-hmm. And so enjoying that, mm-hmm. I'm having no problem engaging in those kinds of conversations, masculine roles, feminine roles, systems breaking. Mm-hmm. It is all really suddenly fascinating. Mm, yeah. You either are in or you're out in terms of these conversations that are occurring at a higher level, I believe, of consciousness and intellect for that matter. Yeah. Because the books I read, I read philosophy and spiritual philosophy kind of specifically. Um, well, or I was ask like, you, do you ever break into these fiction beach books ever anymore? Hardly. Yeah. Hardly. It's just, it's got to be one that's really like... It's got to be one that's in alignment with other things that I'm into. Like it's religious fiction or it's historical fiction or it's anti-heroes, cooking, some, a, a chef, you know, like yeah. if it's things, a gardener, right. those types of people doing like these kind of lifestyle mm-hmm. fiction books, like those I might be into. I found myself thinking in the middle of a conversation the other day, not really joining into the conversation much because the books that were being talked about aren't the kind of books that I read. And I sat there and I listened. And I was like, well, I don't really have much to say based on this particular conversation about books, mm-hmm. but I read a lot. I have a lot of books in my background now that I look back. You're drawn to the nonfiction section. I'm drawn to philosophy. Yeah, I've always been drawn to the fiction section. Mm-hmm. I've been a fiction reader. I don't even... With exception, but mostly. Oh, I sit and... I mean, I will sit for hours in the nonfiction section of anywhere and look through 
all kinds of things that mm-hmm. they have to talk about, but particularly it ends on um, travel. I love to read books about hitchhikers or just people that like hippie hobo, like walked across the country or jumped on a train and on the road is one of my favorite books. But to me, there's an element of the philosopher in that concept of the traveler. Sure. And so, yeah, getting into the idea of reading books and stuff like that, I thought people have been asking questions about what you're reading. What do you tell me? Tell me about what you're reading. And I wanted to tell everyone that I am starting. I've made it very clear, I think, over the last year that I have been doing the daily lessons for a book called A Course in Miracles. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the second time I've read this book. I've read the course part. But this time, not only did I read the course, which is the meat of the the book, it's the book, it also comes with a lesson plan Uh and it's 365 days of lessons. And I think probably the biggest thing with doing like this first time of doing the daily lessons, aside from beginning to conceptualize the theology, the theology of love, as some have called A Course in Miracles, it helps you gain a daily spiritual practice. It helps you learn how to meditate. It helps you learn how to come back. Mm-hmm. It helps you learn how to study other things. And I, I really appreciate that. And I want to go back to it again. And so I have launched with some friends that are already ready to go a study group for Course in Miracles. That's going to be starting on March the 6th. And we're going to do it from 1 to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. However, we're also going to have it on Zoom. So if there's people out there that, and I know there are, because there's already been some people that reach out to me that can't make it to the farm for the in-person like group to get together here at the farm on Mondays, then you can jump on with us on Zoom from wherever you are. And we're studying it together. But not only are we studying it together and talking about it, but we're encouraging each other to stay with the daily practice. Mm -hmm. Stay with it. Keep going. I have been carrying around a book for a year and a half. And when I made this decision, I'm going to read more. I just made it a daily practice. I have to sit down and read, but I'm enjoying what I'm reading. It's not a effort or a chore. Mm -hmm. I finished that book. I think I'm going to need a system to get through the next book I intend on starting. Your son gave me for Christmas Dune. Mm-hmm. And yeah. many people have tried and failed to read That's that That's the book. kind of fiction stuff Dense. I would read. I loved The Foundation. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite fictions. I like that. Like, I'd probably read Dune if it was laying around enough and I got into a good position to read a fiction book, you know? And then after that, it'll be the new Quentin Tarantino brand new film criticism book. It is a nonfiction book that he wrote. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do a lot of reading. One of the th- things that I that started with my daily practice stuff is that I do Qigong every morning. Mm-hmm. Now, hold on. What's Qigong? It's Eastern energetic movement where you move the body with breath and focus on centering the body and you move very slow and you take breaths with it and it's very choreographed movements and it gets you centered and focused and actually instead of just like doing a bunch of sweaty exercises, it actually encourages your body to move energy and breath through the stagnant joints and all kinds of things. And I just get up and do like a super quick 10 to 15 minute lead thing that just gets me moving my body and just thinking positively. I drink a full glass of water first thing before I do anything else in the morning. I write in my journal every single morning. I've now picked up another book because that's part of what I've kind of added to it is that like I read from other books while I'm there, like you said, a daily routine of reading. So I'm, of course, I'm reading some of the things we were talking about last week, and we're continuing to talk about the language of letting go, daily meditations on codependency. Mm -hmm. 
And it's, you know, just daily thoughts about like today's thoughts about, well, if you're asking for help and you're praying for help, then you need to be prepared to receive the help. And it's interesting that that got brought up for two reasons, because Tommy and I were out there working in the garden today and I recognized how I'm very tedious. I'm very like the way I do my gardening stuff. It is a bit of a challenge for me to let go. And these Monday garden healing group things that are occurring means I'm going to have to do a bit more letting go. Because you're letting people loose in the garden. That's correct. And we're going to do bigger like projects all at once together with a bunch of people stomping around. It's like the old days of the learning garden where it's like I had to do a whole new project. Let's just build a whole new bed when people are here. I have to learn how to do that. But when we went out to lunch the other day, Tommy and I went and had a, went to a group lunch and it was a lot of fun. Someone said, now, how do I get a helper like Tommy? And I go, I'll show you exactly how you do. You put your two hands together, bow your head and you say a little prayer and you ask for help. And she goes, well, I've done that before. And I go, well, the second thing you have to do is be willing to receive the help and be willing to recognize when the help comes at you. Stop saying no to the help. You have to say yes to the help, the help that comes at you. And so that was what today's letting language of letting go daily meditations and codependency. It's like, you're going to need to ask people for help sometimes. And that's a part of the codependency, you know, yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. And you're going to have to ask for help. And you need I'm to be willing to receive for help. For help. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading that on a daily thing. I just finished up a book called A Theology of Love, Reimagining Christianity Through A Course in Miracles, which I think is a fantastic book. And I think it'll be a reference book for a while as we're starting to study this course together on Monday, March the 6th. And then I'm also reading, I'm always reading some sort of a philosophy book. And I've been reading this one a really long time, but mm-hmm. I've dug into it now and I'm getting, it's getting meatier and I'm really liking it. The Kingdom of God is Within by Leo Tolstoy. And then I'm also reading A Still Small Voice, A Psychic's Guide to Awakening Intuition because through this last month with all of the different sensitive spaces of being with friends and family in that last stages of life, I am feeling highly, highly sensitive to the still small voice inside of me. So I'm getting, I'm trying to get a better understanding of what to do with that, how to listen to that correctly, how to feel when that's just like a gut pain ego, or when that's actually my guidance saying, Mm -hmm. hey, you need to pull back or you need to go ahead, you need to head forward on that. You know, it's a lot of fun. We've been talking to your mom about reading too. Mm -hmm. I was explaining to her, I would read a beach book, a lot of Stephen King, mm-hmm. popular authors. I would not consider Stephen King a beach book, by the way. <laughs> oh, are you kidding? <laughs> no. And then I would alternate that with some kind of award-winning something or other. Mm-hmm. I liked the Pulitzer list. Maybe I would read three books in a row, alternating with my beach book uh, from Hemingway or fill in the blank, Mark Twain, you know, some kind of classically revered literature. You're talking like high level fiction literature. And I've tried to read a little bit of that, but that's not really ever a draw for me. If I'm going to read fiction, I'm going to read like trash fiction. Well, I decided to go back to that formula. It's worked well for me, but just stay consistent with it. Mm -hmm. Get in bed earlier. Read together at the end of the night. So you want me to get us a copy of Lady Chatterley's Lover? You read my mind. Hey, that made me think of a movie that I just watched the other day. Yes. White Noise on Netflix. Noah Baumbach. Everybody needs to watch it. When you watch that movie, you'll understand why I just threw that out there about Lady Chatterley's Lover and feeling the heat while you're in bed reading a book. 
We are still in the phase of using all of the produce that you had to pull out of the garden even before you expected to because of that freeze. Mm-hmm. You still going to have to do one more thing really quickly with broccoli because we've got a bag that's ready to go. Those are all broccoli leaves because I used the stalks. Mm-hmm. These are plants that hadn't put on a lot of florets, but every bit of the broccoli plant is edible. So you brought yes. in this big load of broccoli leaves. They got thick stalks, like a Swiss chard, that kind of thing. But they're more dense, like the bottom of a broccoli floret. You had that broccoli. I had a chicken. How about a chicken broccoli rice casserole, but gluten-free, of course. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really good, except that... It was too cheesy. It was too cheesy. Mm -hmm. Well, I was going to say, except that those broccoli stalks didn't cook soft enough the way that a broccoli floret would have, but I can adjust that. That's easy. Yeah. I don't think any of the broccoli or broccoli florets or block. I don't think any of it was cooked down enough. I don't think you cooked it long enough. No, it, and it did have a lot of cheese on it. Yeah. And it had the raw cheddar shredded cheese that you're buying from yeah. H-E-B for me. That's not messing your tummy up too bad. Nope. It doesn't seem to be because I ate that twice and I, you know, I haven't had any major issues. Mm -hmm. So that's a good one. I feel like I've licked gluten-free, but now getting into more of a dairy-free thing for you, it's going to take that initial gluten-free research all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'm just buying milk substitutes at the store without doing all the research I need to. This called, as you would expect, a broccoli rice casserole to have called for milk. But I subbed it with oat milk. Yeah. I have an appointment with my friend LaDonna. She's a naturopath doctor. And she's here in Corpus Christi now. For those of you that have been listening for a long time, you know, I was seeing a naturopath in Victoria for a while when I first got diagnosed with hyperthyroidism. And I'm going to see her next week um, to do her autoimmune appointment mm -hmm. and to talk to her about just getting me, like, I want to, it's time, you know, after all these stomach things that y'all heard me talk about last week you know like cheese and bread like let's get to the i'm even the actually problem. one i go i told you the other day you probably have a parasite and i'm just like a like i know that everybody's obsessed with parasites right now because of tiktok and everything like that but at the same time i'm also we live on a farm yep. with a bunch of freaking animals yeah. and my stomach has been acting like a little twack lately so I'm going to go see my friend and she's going to talk to me about her autoimmune things and what I can do about that. And then I'm also going to mention to her, hey, also, by the way, I know you have some parasite protocols, so we probably should do that as well. <laughs> see if oh, I can get myself I'm, well I'm banging again. the gong. <laughs> I'm going to get myself well, you guys. I am mind, body, spirit. I'm on it. You also had a big bag of squash and a bunch of tomatoes. Yeah. Did you try my... Yes. How was it? Not good. No? The salsa? Yeah. It's... I don't even know what's wrong with it. It's like gel. It's like jello. Well, let's back up. <laughs> a friend suggested with all these green tomatoes, because mm -hmm. we did do a fry night, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. fried green tomatoes, why don't you try a green tomato like salsa verde? Mm -hmm. So it was roasting those... And then adding them to the blender with onion, serrano, mm -hmm. salt. That's it doesn't it have any flavor. Okay. And it's thick, like not dippable. Huh. So I think you need to put it back in the blender and try again. I think I'm sorry I brought this up. <laughs> I was meaning to talk to you about it. I, we haven't had a chance to chat, but I, I went to dip at it and I was like, I can't. This okay, is, let I me even... redeem myself. You had a big bag of squash. <laughs> yes. Uh, we have some more chicken. Yes. Why don't you make calabasa con pollo? Yes. How was that? One of my favorites. How was One, it? I walked in last night after I'd already eaten the full-fledged 
oyster. We have to go do Water Street Oyster Bar before Lillian goes back to college. Yeah. Or that's her thing. She loves to eat oysters every time she comes down here. We got two dozen, ordered six more. So I'd already eaten all that and my big old happy hippie kale bowl thing I did. I had all this food. And I walked in the house and I was like, there's no way I can't eat some of that pollo con calabazas right now because it smells so freaking good in the house. We've talked about it on the show before. A million times. Salt, garlic powder, cumin, black pepper, right? Put that aside. Then you take your squash that you've cut up. And, you know, the recipes usually call for a zucchini, a yellow squash, a calabasa squash. But we're just using the squash that we have on hand. And you had that bag of tromboncino. So that's all that was in there. That all goes into your hot oil with onion. Then after you cook that for a little bit, you add your corn, tomato sauce, that dry spice mixture, and your chicken that's you know been cooked. Add some chicken broth, and you've got pollo con calabaza. Then you cook that until the squash are where you want them to be. Yeah, I can't wait to eat that when we get done recording. What was that like, DoorDash food delivery or something? Yeah, your mom just knocked on the door and <laughs> delivered crawfish dirty rice, I think she said. Mm, Casserole of some good. kind, maybe? Yeah, that mm. sounds delicious. Maybe we'll have a little bit of that with our pollo con calabazas. I think that we definitely should. Okay, this is what you need to do with the last of the broccoli leaves that are left. Okay. And if you could do that today or tomorrow, you're okay. probably not going to do it today, but maybe tomorrow, you should make a non-dairy broccoli cream soup. Challenge accepted. Thank you. The other not New Year's resolution thing that's going to be happening more in 2023, mm-hmm. I'm freezing on purpose soups and things that we make so this that we can have... This is a not New Year's resolution? Not a New Year's resolution. Got it. But it's going to be happening more in 2023. Okay. So I've got a freezer full of five or six dishes that we've already enjoyed over the course of the last few weeks to heat up, no cooking, you needing to pop in during the day just to grab something available. Yeah, and then, of course, we're doing the Monday things because my idea for Monday is, and you guys, anybody that lives in our area, come to the farm on Mondays if you're available. I know that that's traditional work day, but not everybody works the same hours. Systems so, are breaking. People yeah, are doing systems things are different. different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're available on Mondays, anywhere between 8 and 5 p.m. and you want to come out to the farm, I'm going to be here working on the farm, hanging out with other people, doing some gardening. And we're also going to have lunch. Right. And the way we did it this past Monday, you pulled together. I said, can you just pull us together a, like a really quick meza? Pull something that's left over out of the refrigerator that's good, that's some of our maybe farm fresh foods that we use here. Yep. Chicken fried venison fingers. Uh-huh. And then you pulled out the, the leftover of the fried. Not the fingers of the venison. I mean. <laughs> venison doesn't have any fingers for anybody that's wondering. Good point. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know what venison in that's deer. Deer meat, uh, <laughs> instead of chicken fried steak fingers, venison fingers. Exactly. Oh, I love cold meat leftover. I do too. I eat a lot of cold food, but I also eat my fried food. I eat it always cold the next day. That's how I eat it. Right. So we also ate on some fried green tomatoes yeah. and some fried eggplants, fried squash, and that was delicious. And then, of course, he pulls out meza style, plowman's lunch style. There was some carrots. There was some hummus. There was some gluten-free crackers. There was some Sliced strawberries, peppers, cheese, some peppers, fruit. cheese, you know, all kinds of stuff like Mitz. that. And just... Basically, we're talking about like a lunch box, quick yeah. lunch, pull it out for everybody. So having some soup that yeah. we could pull out and heat and everybody could have a cup of soup, that'd be kind of nice from time to time. You got a freezer full of options. Yeah, exactly. Not a New Year's resolution though. No, not doing those. But we intend to live a well life in 2023. Well, last week we said that we were both seeking, what's the word you want to use? Therapist? Counselor? Counselor. I made my appointment. And how did that go for you? 
Well, I made mine last week, but what I made an appointment for was a 15-minute consultation. Ah. And I talked about that. I had the 15-minute consultation today. <gasps> Ooh. I'd love to talk about it because it's been a fascinating dinner table talk. Not the contents necessarily of what will be discussed, mm-hmm. although we can, I'm sure we can talk about some of that too. But this right now, finding a therapist, mm-hmm. what has that been like for you? Because we're having two very different experiences. Mm-hmm. I have full-blown health insurance. You do not. Correct. So with my insurance, the way that works is you'd go to the health insurance website and you're looking for your providers who are the therapists, counselors, psychiatrists, psychologists, clinicians, all filterable search items that your brand of healthcare insurance uh, allows oh yeah who are the people that are taking your insurance mm-hmm. and involved in the network mm-hmm. my copay is 45 dollars a visit if i go to someone on this list so the first thing i did was kind of look through the different thing adhd <laughs> cognitive therapy family of origin terms that like are you've never had any official diagnoses anxiety mm. No, but I I might go to this and say, I have high anxiety and click anxiety, you know, but there were terms there that I did Google because it was just, I didn't exactly understand what that was. Mm -hmm. I chose general therapy. Then there's other search parameters, filters, male, female, for example, English, Spanish. Mm -hmm. And when I did my search 50 miles from a zip code, I got 200 people, 180 people. Mm Mm-hmm. And immediately it's, God, how frustrating. Now what do I do? I've got names and telephone numbers. Mm -hmm. That's all that has been provided for me. Now I don't know what I'm looking for. Some kind of Yelp rating. You know, I I don't know. So then I take this list and I begin Googling their names Mm -hmm. and Corpus Christi. And some of them have websites. Most of them do not. There's psychologytoday.com, which is a place that has become some kind of collection point for this kind of research but many other people on the list did not have a profile there not a criticism just a topic for many people that may be sensitive to begin with that is not made easier through this system i guess is my point Mm -hmm. Uh, this guy's picture looks nice you know (laughs) so i kind of threw a dart like that and made an appointment Mm -hmm. because i wanted to show progress yes but then i remembered i have a friend in town who is a psychiatrist. And I said, I reached out to him on Facebook. I said, hey, I'm looking for a therapist. This health insurance system is tedious. I've got 150 names here. Mm-hmm. He sends me back seven names. Mm-hmm. It says start at the top. Meaning mm-hmm. I recommend this person at the top. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't work out or you can't get an appointment or they're no longer taking insurance and mm-hmm. go down to the next name. Mm-hmm. I like that you go, guess who was the first one on his list? Right. And I guessed... It was a, it's a friend of ours. Yeah, totally. Which means that he's not allowed to exactly. treat you. But I, I guessed it. Right. I was like, of course, I know who the best person. I know. I Everybody felt comfortable knows. <laughs> with his list. Yeah. I'm, I knew I was on the right path yeah. when I saw that first name. Yeah. Okay, he's going to align me with people that are gonna I'm going to mesh with. Exactly. Which I brought up, oh, you should read that therapist's yeah. book he just put out. We, it's called Lift. We bought it. Yeah. Help your friends out, mm-hmm. but read the book. Mm-hmm. One of those search filters, like I said, is male-female. The last time I saw someone on a regular basis, he was male. I think at that point, I chose a man on purpose. Mm-hmm. If, if the choice is available, people like that choice, right? So, Or people have reasons why they want to go one way or the other. I called you up. I said, why am I inclined, you think, 
to pick male. <laughs> I decided to go with a female on purpose mm-hmm. because the way you've always done it mm-hmm. and the system that you've created with that mm-hmm. is probably wrong and breaking. So I'm going to do something completely different. I called her. She called me back. We talked for about 15 minutes today. You're trying to see on the phone there if it is a match that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. She said, I like to have these talks. They help me as much as they help you Mm -hmm. because I've got a set of skills that I believe I'm really good at Mm -hmm. and I've got things that I'm not as strong at. Mm -hmm. So I don't really do a lot of addiction stuff. Mm -hmm. I I have great people to refer you to. I said, that's not my problem. Mm -hmm. She goes, what is your problem? (laughs) She said, why are you reaching out? Mm -hmm. You know, she said it in a nice way. Mm -hmm. And I went into it. Mm -hmm. I may not go into it right now. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right thing to do, to be honest with you. That's fine. Keep going. It's always who you know. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it feel that way? It's always who you know. It's the relationships that you've created. It's the network that you've created. So that I had this friend to reach out to who gave mm-hmm. me a list mm-hmm. that so far so good mm-hmm. was a blessing. Yeah. But without that, it is a mess. Yeah. Yeah. I've dealt with that before in the past when I had health insurance, same thing. And Interesting thing is now it's different than it was before because mental health has become a hot topic since 2020. Yeah. So insurance companies are having to cover more of that type of care. And they were very, over the years, because I've been seeing therapists since I was 13. All throughout my entire life, I've seen different types of Mm -hmm. therapists, counselors, psychotherapists, uh, psychiatrists, psychologists. I mean, I've seen all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. I've dabbled You've mi- twice. I've moved in and I've moved in and out of this one takes insurance. This one doesn't take insurance. Right. This is just a, a family counselor. This is a family counselor at the church. And, you know, I, I look at it as over the years, you had made a comment about the cash pay system. You noticed that your gal had a thing on her options that said cash pay was an option. Web, website, yeah. she had a cash yeah. pay. Well, uh, psychotherapy, available. chiropractic, acupuncture, naturopaths, midwives, all those people, if they take insurance, the reason they have a cash pay option isn't the same as what's happening in the traditional medicine because these guys are seen as alternative to begin with. So they already had to be willing to accept cash because most people's insurance wasn't covering these types of care anyway. Right. A little woo-woo. Yeah. Therapy was mm-hmm. a little woo-woo for many years. Yeah. You know, you would go to the church too. to get the counselor, the the um, chaplain or whatever at the church because they, you know, you could afford them or they, you know, or they would do right. it for free even sometimes. You know, I can tell you over the years... With my ex-husband, when we were a young, poor couple with a kid and two kids, I, those are the kinds of counselors I saw because it's, I couldn't afford anything more than that. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm going to go once. Let's hope that helps. Here's 25 bucks. <laughs> all I have to give you, you know. Like, <laughs> did it help? Oh, I'm sure it always did. It's always nice to just have someone else to talk to. I mean, yeah. that's a huge deal with me. Mine was much different than that in that I don't have health insurance and I have... I mentioned specifically these words to the therapist in my 15-minute consultation. I'm basically a healthcare system dissenter at this point. Like, I'm not interested in health insurance. I'm not interested in the traditional anything. I want to go in as a cash pay patient for anything that I pay. And I'm finding that to be a good way to do it, actually. Mm -hmm. 
I found my gal on Facebook. I mean, I, it was an accident. Facebook's always listening. I mean, what, how do, right. what do we, you know, I'm looking for things to do. I'm looking for wellness things. I'm looking for groups that are getting together and talking. I'm looking for things to do because I take care of myself. When I see a need, I start looking for what can I do to try to fix, to right the ship, as I say. It's time to right the ship, Aislinn. Get up. You're a right. strong woman. Let's do it. You know, I've done that a hundred times in my life. Well, I'm doing that right now. And I saw this thing that said, you evolve in 2023 and they're having a wellness retreat or something like that. And I was like, well, what's this? You know, I clicked on it. Well, all of a sudden it's like, it's a therapy center with like five or six different types of psychotherapists. Some of them are marital and family and some of them are, you know, it's just like a practice of women. I think they're all women. I could be wrong about that. I'd have to look again. And they're doing retreats where they're, you know, come together and we're going to work on this specific thing. We're going to do an intense couples counseling thing on this particular weekend. You know, that's where I found it. And then I looked through the list of the people within their practice. I did some stalking, Instagram, Facebook, website, looked around and I was like, this is a young woman and some of her background is marital stuff and VA. She's from the VA before now, and they've started this business together. And my God, I want to be on the leading edge of any of the wellness type things going on in this community. So 15 minute conversation with this person can't hurt. Exactly. And in 15 minutes, that woman had already given me some help. Honestly, she had already said like, you are a strong, amazing woman. I can hear it in your voice. And all you are is someone that is ready to write the ship. And she said things like acceptance, and positivity. And she said, and let's clear out the clutter in your mind and get you focused on what's important to you. And I was like, you're good. I'm ready. (laughs) But I had already gone through the typical Aislinn spiel where before she'd even had a chance to say a single word, I was like, I was very careful not to give a spiel on purpose. I have to give my spiel so that you know exactly who I am yeah. before you even open your mouth. I'm headed... You and I are different than that. I'm, your spiel may not be exactly who you are. My spiel is, I'm going to show you exactly who I am. One of the things I'm seeking help with is my performative nature and how prevalent it may or may not be in every corner of my life. Performance. Are you talking about inauthenticity? Yeah. Okay. Because I, cause I don't, I don't, I don't think like performance... That word. I know. And that's the thing. Because I mean, like performance isn't necessarily negative because I'm a performer. Well, are you performing so often because there's nothing underneath? And that sounds bleak. Or is your performance inauthentic? Is it not really you? Delving deep into all of that. Yeah. So I was not doing that today. And one of the first things I'm going to tell her is I will perform for you. I will give you what I think you think are the right answers. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I'm here to do. So I scheduled my appointment. This is where we got into healthcare part of it. We have our stuff online. Have you seen the prices? And I said, listen, that doesn't really matter right now. I'm going to schedule an appointment today. Yes. I don't have health insurance. This is when I told her that part of it. So I don't really even know if these people take health insurance or not. Right. I have been outside the health insurance industry or outside of health insurance for several years now. And then outside of the traditional health insurance for at least five or six years. Mm -hmm. And then even before that, I was in the self-pay, self-employed insurance bracket for many years before that. So like the whole time you and I have been together, I've not been on any traditional group health insurance. Right. Like corporate health insurance, basically. Cigna, Blue Shield, United Healthcare, all of them. Right. I don't have that. And during this time, I've gone through the hyperthyroidism stuff. Yeah. And needed help. Yeah. Saw a naturopath, still having issues, found a physician, 
by asking a bunch of friends, where do I find somebody that'll take cash? Oh, there's this guy over here. He takes cash. The people he uses for doing blood tests and things like that, they take cash. Then when he needed to refer me to an endocrinologist, he found me an endocrinologist that takes cash. When I went to go get all the stuff done with my teeth, I went to a place where I could just pay cash. So I'm now a little bit experienced with being in the industry, purchasing health, walking in the door with cash. Has it gotten easier over the years you're talking about it? It's definitely gotten easier in that it's easier to find them. And second of all, you're like royalty. (laughs) When you walk into a doctor's office. No insurance BS. Yeah. And you pay them that day. Appointment is $150 or whatever. Or we're going to let you know that it's going to cost this, this, and this to do that particular thing you need done. Okay. We're going to pay it off in these payments. I've got to walk in there with a fistful of cash basically, you know, because I'm going to have to pay for it right that day. But I'm getting a much better price. I'm done. No one has to, I don't have to get some crap in the mail where they say they didn't pay and now we're in an argument with so-and-so and and they're trying to charge me $10,000 for something that like would have cost a cash patient maybe $700, you know, like it's just kind of, it's out out of control what's going on with the healthcare, health insurance industry. I did a little research. It has gotten easier in both medical and mental health mm-hmm. to find cash pay because there are so many people that are just fed up with the health insurance programs. Mm-hmm. And while it might be required and if you're employed, da, 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 you know, there's all kinds of politics that's pushing a health insurance industry that just having gone through so much of that with my mom mm-hmm. and my dad prior mm-hmm. cannot sustain what I saw in one or two patients. It mm-hmm. cannot financially, it cannot sustain. Mm-hmm. And I think that doctors are understanding that there are a wider array of people that require their help, if that is why they got into the industry, than just to have an insurance card in their hand. Mm -hmm. And by accepting cash pay, they are opening up their doors to a broader, what, constituency of neighbors and, you know, friends and family that could be their patients. It's interesting because as the, like, national health insurance conversation has come up over the past decade and a half, two decades. Mm -hmm. This has been like the big topic of conversation because I worked in the healthcare industry as a marketing professional. And when I moved into Driscoll Children's Hospital, the big marketing PR movement that was occurring was that they were taking Medicaid. They were like the things with Medicare, Medicaid, all of that stuff were shifting for children's health insurance. Okay. And a big part of the advocacy of a hospital, a children's hospital is going to be, we have got to get some sort of national health for children because we have all of these people showing up with no health insurance, right? Showing up in our ER with no health insurance. And I remember back in those days, I would have been like, yeah, we have got to get, so I was a part of the advocacy to try to get every child covered by this health insurance. Uh And so that was, I saw some of the beginning stages of the massive movement towards those things happening. But as this stuff has gotten stronger and bigger and we're trying to make sure and we got to get everybody on health insurance, what's happened is, is that they're falling off both ends now. The less fortunate don't have health insurance. The really rich definitely don't have. They don't deal with that crap at all. And then the more on the more wealthy end, the people that can pay cash for things and can save money and can make those types of decisions, 
Their money they're, should be just as valuable. They're falling off too. They're not. They're not doing health insurance either. They're doing different right, things. Right, right, right. And everyone's having to come up with like the big. What if the big thing happens? Catastrophic what if, insurance. What if cancer happens? That's the one I always right. get asked. But what if cancer happens? I'm like, what if cancer happens? You know, these are real conversations, just like the conversations about after death and. DNRs and all of those types of things. These are some questions that people need to be having in their home. They're, they're, we are having yeah, them, certainly. Not only that, but I mean, outside, I mean, I talked about the language of death and how when I see someone that they, if they remember that I lost my mother, they'll give me their condolences. Thank you very much. But then they'll want to break into a story. Mm-hmm. And those stories have included all kinds of medical insurance, Medicare stories. Mm-hmm. Horror stories. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I mean, it's... Dude, I have been dealing with this crap for the past 23 years of my life because I had a premature baby and I didn't have any money. I needed help. Premature baby in Mm -hmm. the hospital. Yeah. Fresh out... Mom straight out of college, just married. Our insurance is Cobra insurance. We got a baby in the NICU. You know, I mean, we had to go through the CHIP program and the... I don't even remember what it's originally called way back then, but like I needed help to get that medical care taken care of back then. And one of the things that occurred up in College Station, one of the things that happened during this process was we were dealing with some stuff with Cortland's ears. He's having a lot of, because he was a premature baby, so he was born with like a hole in his heart. He had to have all kinds of things done with his ears. Mm -hmm. He He had issues. And so we had a lot of medical stuff we had to deal with. And so I was always on the phone dealing with government stuff, fighting with insurance companies, talking to the hospital about cash. How can I pay some of that slow pay cash pay? What can I do? How do I get by with that? And I found a lot of times that these, my mom always called it manna from heaven. These gifts would just appear. One of the big ones, like one of the big bills in college station was paid for by nuns. Oh, wow. It was just paid for. We got a letter in the mail and it was like $30,000, you guys, $35,000. Well, part of what happened was they probably figured out now that I know the health insurance industry and how that all works and how things get paid and everything like that, they probably have a system where they write it down to $3,500. It was $35,000 and they got it down to $3,500. They paid $3,500 and then the insurance company let the whole thing go so that this young family with their brand new premature baby could just get on with their life and finish college and, Mm. you know, do the things that they were doing. Mm. But those kinds of gifts out there that really do exist, but those are not a part of the system. Those are charitable groups that have figured out ways to help be of service to the system. At what point are they going to stop trying to figure out how to do it because it doesn't make any sense? This isn't feasible. No. It's not working. There's no way. You can't just keep increasing the prices. People can't afford that. They yeah. cannot. I, we have a big system breakdown coming. <sighs> I hate to say these terms coming. over and over and over again with the healthcare system. In the meantime, we'll fight about little specifics about it that... <sighs> I'm out. Are old. I'm a dissenter. Yeah. That's that's I'm that's my new word. I'm using it everywhere I go. I'm a dissenter. Well, hey, while we're in this intellectual vibe, why don't you kick over a question that we can deep dive into? Okay, this one's silly. Would you rather be an American Idol judge or a Supreme Court justice? Neither. That's the hell. Aislin. American you Idol ra- judge, I guess. I don't want to be a Supreme Court justice. Ugh. Both of those sound like hell to me. 
You want to be a celebrity or do you want to be someone that I don't want to be either one of those things. Shapes American politics. No, I, American I don't. American thought. Shapes and... American politics. Certainly. Bunch of, all, all I know about that outside of a few key people, a few key people, I'm not even going to name names because I don't want to get into politics right now. All of those people up there are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> talking about the American Idol judges? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a really tough question for me. Because huh. I'd love to be a stupid American Idol judge, make a lot of money, put in a couple hours a week. You would really love to do that? That would be a fun entertainment job. Well, no. This is the choice in front of us, Aislinn. No. Which, either that's, A that's or B. That's too dated to even answer. No, American Idol's still going strong. I think Lionel Richie's on there now. Oh, okay. To have the Supreme Court justice. But you're right, the hate there... No way. Yeah. Either one. Half the country automatically hates you no matter what. So does American by Idol. Your name and all that. It's saying. Not everybody loves Lionel Richie. <laughs> Finding a therapist. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. <laughs>